been able to see several folks come to Jesus in the last few months. So we need to get on the ball and get ready to uh, have a bab water baptismal service. And it's getting fall, so we'll probably do it inside if that's okay, unless we want to go to the lake where it's cold. I don't know that we want to do that. But we'll, we, uh, we were blessed a few months ago. Um, Peninsula Baptist, thank you, it just came to me. Peninsula Baptist was getting a new baptistry, and uh, I know Pastor Dr. Jackson pretty well, and we do some things together. And uh, he said, hey, we have this baptistry, because I'd borrowed, every time we use the baptistry, it comes from Peninsula. Isn't it great how the body of Christ works together? I mean, we're Foursquare, they're Baptist, and they, they, they gave us their baptistry, so uh, we just need to get a heater to go with that. Or we could go old school and not do the heater. Who wants to go ahead and sign up for that? All right, Ryan. Right, Mr. Military back there, he's like, what, cold water? Come on now. <laughs> so, well, hey, we're going to get into the Word here in just a moment. We celebrate things, though, here at Abundant Life, and I've got to bring recognition to something. You know, they say that uh, things get better with age. You can't teach an old dog new tricks and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes experience wins out. I've got to recognize Bob, who won a race last week. Uh, where were you, Bob? Dominion Raceway. What series was it? The Super Cup Series. He beat all those young guys. How about that? <laughs> Wait a minute. Was that an old guys league or was that young guys too? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you a hard time. That's awesome, man. That's exciting. Um, actually, I met this family when I was doing the ARCA Racing Series, uh, when I was traveling with them doing the, the chapel services. So uh, it's good to have them with us today. But I had to, I had to write. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So that's where we're going for lunch today. The ladies are on their way back. Um, I think somebody said that they had already left, like before church started. Who said that? Somebody said that one group had already left to come back. I guess the, Stasha was in that group, so she probably couldn't wait to get home to see me. And um, <laughs> by the way, I, let me just say this, and I'm not going to point fingers. I, all the laundry is done at our house. The floors have been vacuumed. The dishes have been put away. That's all I'm saying. What's that? Yeah, good job, Nate. Actually, these guys, Nate and Gabriel, both did all of it pretty much. So we all worked together, and that's all I'm saying, <coughs> Mr. Stowe. That's all I'm going to say. So we're ready for her to come home. We are in a series by Dr. Tony Evans. Uh, this is a series that he had put together, and it's called The One and Others. And how we came about with this is last year when I went away for uh, the study retreat to look at this year, uh, I began to think, okay, Lord, where do you want to take us on Sunday mornings in 2017? And so here we have all these wonderful core values. We have six core values we felt the Lord has given to us. And so I just felt impressed by the Holy Spirit to take one series and devote it to each of the core values. And so right now we're, committed, we're in the core value that talks about we love God and we commit to love one another. Because as I say every week, sometimes you have to commit to love your neighbor. You know, Lord, they're making it tough today. My kids are making it tough today. My spouse is making it tough today. But I'm committing to love uh, this person that's beside of me. Because Romans says this, just as our bodies have many parts... And each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, 
and we belong to one another. So this year, as we are looking at the overall theme of pursue, not only are we pursuing God and the things that he would have for us, we're pursuing one another as well in our relationships. And so I've heard some stories uh, that have come out of uh, just this series here where you know, you're, you're looking out for your neighbors, even people here in church, which is really where this is, is focused on. Um, but obviously, anything that we take here from, that, that applies here to the church, we want to take it to the world. Messages that we have aren't meant to stay in this wall, in these four walls. They're meant, they're meant to go out, and so that's what we're looking at. Um, well, today, what we're going to look at is this word, restore one another. Have you ever been at a place where you have just royally messed up? You have royally sinned? Uh, maybe, um, you know, between you and your spouse, she asked you to do one thing and you broke something that was very special and dear to her. Don't raise your hands if you've ever done that. We don't want to bring up the pain of the past, do we? Um, but maybe your mom, something that she had that was very nice. I know as, as kids, you know, my brother and I would wrestle and uh, we were we were in, in this house, and my brother and I were having a pillow fight. And all I know is I had a little pillow in a big suitcase, and it was perfect to do this with, and then you know smack somebody with my brother. So I know I did this overhand thing, and I hit the light that was above in our bedroom. We we, we you know we grew up, we didn't have a whole lot. It was a really small bedroom, and I remember thinking, where can I have this 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 light cover that mom won't see it? <laughs> but it didn't work that way. So there was a restoration uh, process to my rear end. There was a restoration process to the lamp that had to happen <laughs> right after that. But we restore one another. Actually, I don't think you spanked us. Well, maybe you did uh, for that one, mom. Um, but we're looking at restore one another. None of us, I don't think, especially if you were alive in 2001, none of us will forget 9-11. You remember where you were. You remember what you were doing. I was sitting, uh, we were watching um, Good Morning America. I think I've told this story before. Uh, we went into work later at the church at that time. I think we had to be there at 10 o'clock. So we're getting ready. I'm brushing my teeth, and I go out to see what's going on because I hear some commotion. Brushing my teeth, you know, and I'm sitting on the coffee table, and just what just happened? Some, some crazy guy just lost his way and crashed his uh, little mini airplane, you know, into the— and then as it began to unfold, you realize, no, this, this was serious. And then you see the second plane hit, and you're not sure what to do. Do, do I go into work? Uh, can we can we leave what, what's going on just all these things uh, that are happening well the USS New York is a battleship and I just learned this this week uh, from listening to Tony Evans but the USS York New York is a battleship that was made up of steel from the tent twin towers isn't that interesting um, I'm, I'm sure probably what happened is there was a melting down process that happened they reused that steel for the USS uh, New York but the destroyed metal from 9-11 is now being used for warfare against the enemy. Now that's, that's a statement. That is a big statement right there as, as we listen to that. This is an example of something that has been devastated, but yet turned around to something that really is positive as far as our protection goes for our nation. And also a statement of, you did this to us on 9-11. Many people, thousands of people lost their lives, but now we are going to defend our nation. And if necessary, we are going to fight for freedom where we need to fight for freedom. 
Galatians 6.1, if you want to turn there, you can see the springboard that we're going off of today when we talk about restore one another. We have all had low points in our life. We have all been trapped in sin at some point in our life, uh, one point in our life or another. But what the enemy has intended for evil for us, God can turn it around and bring good from that. Amen? He can do that. He is able to do that. Well, Galatians 6.1 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if any believer, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. Um, we'll cover the rest of that here in just a moment, but I want to focus on the first part of verse 1 today. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly turn that person back onto the right path. Now, when someone goes to the hospital... They don't go there usually because they're healthy, right? I know we're praying for some folks who've been in the hospital recently and who are currently in the hospital. You know, we, we've been praying for Miss Nora, MRI, that she's had positive. We're, we're praying for good results to come out from, from that. But Corey was in the hospital. Jessica's husband, uh, late Friday night, got a call. He went to the hospital because something was wrong. Praise God, he is okay today. Um, Miss Christie's son has been there. We've seen Miss B, who was in the hospital, Ella Kate. Many of you, I, if I try to name everybody, I'll, I'll leave somebody out. But many people have been in the hospital to have something restored, to have your help put back together, as it were. Well, the church should have many people in the church that need to be restored. Because if we're all perfect people, then we can just hallelujah and go on to heaven, right? But the church exists. My pastor used to always say this. The church is a hospital for the spiritually sick people. People who need uh, a touch from the Lord. I come... Every day needing a touch from the Lord, whether it be in my physical body, whether it be in my emotions, whether it be in my spirit, I need a touch from the Lord. I, I need Him uh, to minister uh, to me. Um, so we're talking about people who are sick today or who are stuck in sin and need to be free. Now let me ask you this, how many fishermen, are? maybe you're not like a devoted fisherman, but you fish. How many fishermen do we have in the room today? All right, All right. anybody go fishing this weekend? Yeah, okay, I hear you. A few people did, so there's dedication for you. But you know what it's like? I remember taking my boys the first time fishing. They were really little, and uh, we uh, went over to a pond that a friend had, and there were these little brim that were out there, and they were easy to catch because no one hardly, you know, you didn't hardly fish that place, and so they were really easy to catch, and for kids, they're easy to bring in, so it was a lot of fun. But anyway, when a fish gets hooked, it thrashes and thrashes and thrashes trying to get away, doesn't it? But what ends up happening in all that thrashing process? That hook gets set further. That's why you, you jerk whenever you, you feel the nibble on the line. Well, as it thrashes, it get the, the, the hook gets more set. And in fact, there's another barb on that hook that keeps it from slipping out. So you can see the thrashing process sets the hook even further. Well, here's the, real, here's the reality. Those who are battling sin essentially are on a hook. You will talk to most people, they will come to a place in their life where they are so tired of the sin, and as they thrash and thrash and thrash, you know, not necessarily spiritually, but maybe physically, maybe emotionally, it's like that sin hook gets set even more, and, and, and they're trapped even more, because as they are trying to get away, the sin is pulling them in even more and more as they are doing that. Today we address how to treat those people 
who are on the hook. Because, here's the reason, some of us in here today may be on the hook of sin, or we have been on the hook of sin, and someone has come along to help set us free. And I guarantee you, if you keep breathing and living, you will be on the hook. We, we all face sin and temptation daily, and sometimes we fall into that. Well, let's look at this for a moment. A trespass is a sin against God. Okay, now we're not necessarily talking today about sins against other people, doing other people wrong. We're talking about the trespass being a sin against God. I want to talk about um, my dog Chewy for a moment. Now, you have seen West. Uh, he, he walks in here with Stasha. Uh, he is a well-trained dog. From the time he came uh, into the world, he immediately started working with uh, what they call puppy raisers who teach them basic obedience. Then they go to the trainers. So that's, that's Stasha's guide, Dog West. Chewy, on the other hand, we rescued him from a kill shelter in Rowan County. Gabe and I were looking for a dog. This was right after uh, Stasha's first dog had died, and there was no dog in our home. All of their lives, there's been a dog in the home, so we were desperate to find a dog. We found Chewy. Chewy had no leash training whatsoever. <laughs> and those of you who have dogs who are kind of strong, you know what that's like. You're walking like this. They're just, they're pulling, they're pulling you, they're pulling you. So you know just how... I don't want to say Chewy's dumb, but <laughs> he's choking. What was the word? Stubborn. There you go. He's pulling and his collar, we don't have, it's not a correction leash that's on him, but when he pulls, the leash gets tighter, you know, the, the, the collar gets tighter and you hear him, <coughs> and you're thinking, if you would just stop pulling, then you wouldn't be choking yourself. Anybody else have a dog like that? You know, you just, yeah, exactly, and we need to send Chewy to guide dog school, I guess, so that he can be educated. I don't know. Anyway, they try to get away. So what's happening, though, they are make, he's making it worse on himself. The, the leash begins to choke them. The reasoning capabilities for Chewy is not there. Either that or he's just stubborn enough to say, I'm leading you where I want to go. In a similar way, now I'm not talking about people who are trapped in sin or dogs, okay? So don't draw that correlation. I'm just talking about the reasoning capabilities that are there. In a similar way, we think that people caught in sin should just be able to figure it out. So I'm Chewy. By the way, Chewy is short for Chewbacca. We are Star Wars people. We love to watch the movie Star Wars. Um, but Chewy for Chewbacca. So anyway... Um, we think people who are caught in sin should just be able to just figure it out. If you, if you would just stop, then you wouldn't have this issue anymore. I've been there. I'm like, come on, seriously, stop the destructive habit that you have there. But in reality, the light with a capital L, the light of Jesus, the light has not shed on this situation, on their situation to help them out. We think they should be able to just get over their sin. Or maybe we think we should just be able to get over our sin. I've been there before where I'm trapped by a particular sin and I just can't find my way out of it. Well, here's the thing. We're going to look at a few points here today. There's six points, but I promise you they're going to be quick points today. The way we get restored is to have the right deliverer to assist you. Now, when we go through this point here, obviously we know that Jesus is the deliverer. Amen. We know that he is our deliverer, but the Holy Spirit works through people. 
He works through us, and then, yes, the Holy Spirit will speak to us individually. Absolutely, we believe all that. But for this point here, we want to look at the way we get restored is to have the right deliverer to assist you. Now, look back at verse 1. It says, If another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should um, gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. If you're not talking to the right people, you may not get delivered. Have you been there before? Um, Paul is telling the Galatians this. See, spiritual people must no longer look down on those caught on the hook of sin or choking on the leash of sin. That's what he's telling the church of Galatia here. Last week I said this, that Nathan went to a specialist to look at his back. He went to a chiropractor. I did not try to play chiropractor. I am not the right deliverer for his back situation to fix that. So we went to a correct, a right specialist who could help him with his back. And he told him what I did. Nathan, stop falling off the swing sets and you'll be okay. He popped his back and he was back in line. So who are the right spiritual people? If, if we understand point number one, the way to get restored is to have the right deliverer to assist you. Who are the right spiritual people? Here's what Tony Evans says. Here's what spiritual means. You have given God's assessment of the problem and are giving God's solution to the problem. So we want to look at people who know God's word. Why is it so important that um, Bible reading through the Bible plan that Mr. Stowe held up today? Why is it important to believe and to read, not only believe, but read the Bible each and every day so that you can store those nuggets in your spirit so that when someone needs deliverance, you can offer them a scripture that says, well, here's what the Bible says. I don't want to give you my opinion. I want to tell you what God's word says in that. So again, spiritual means you've been given God's assessment or you have given God's assessment of the problem and are giving God's uh, solution to the problem. Do not go to the world is what it's basically saying. Do not go to the world for answers that only God can give. Amen? Sometimes your friends do not give, spiritual, give spiritual advice at all. You know, they're like, well, girl, here's what I would do. I would throw him out. You know, just whatever it may be. The whole prayer situation is out of that. Or, you know, guys say to one another, well, here's what I'd do. You know, I went uh, yesterday. I was pretty much proud of myself. Quick time out here. I, we had a washer and dryer that was at the house that we just bought. And I ended up selling it. And I was able to get, um, with the money, I was able to get this mower that actually bags leaves. Because where we live now, there's a ton of leaves that are everywhere. So I was pretty proud of that. But anyway, I was going and I, I was talking to the guy who was selling it online. And um, so he was telling me everything. He was giving me all the advice about, well, if you do this right here, you know, if you look at this. He was very helpful with that mower because I had never used it before. And so uh, anyway, I was, I was pretty proud of that. But the thing is... Um, I wanted to be sure that I was talking to the right people on how to operate that thing. Where only God can give spiritual answers, you want to get good answers from someone who knows what they're talking about. Your friends can't give you spiritual advice uh, if they're not spiritual. And Dr. Phil can't help you, Dr. Whoever can't help you when it comes to spiritual matters unless they know the word. When you are caught in sin, you need someone who has quote, God's eyes. They can see through the scripture. Look for those people. Not only look for those people, but become one of those people. 
who knows the Word of God so that you can give that advice when it becomes necessary so that people can come uh, to you. Man's opinion and reasoning can never answer spiritual questions, ever, ever. Because the Bible says this, his thoughts are higher and his ways are higher than ours. You know, we, we have these thoughts of, girl, or man, here's what you should do. But in reality, here's what God's word says to do. You're at the end of your rope, then you need to reach out, let go with the other hand and reach out to God. You are struggling financially, you need to give as God says to give. What are things that don't even make sense to us whatsoever so and so is talking behind your back you need to pray for them and let them know that you love them doesn't make sense that's because God's way and his thoughts are always higher See, here's the thing about spiritual too when we're looking for that someone or we're wanting to be that someone spiritual doesn't have a lot to do with age education or even attendance in church here's what I mean by that we all know people who have have aged and they may still not be wise we all know people who are educated, but yet they may not have uh, education in God's Word. We all know people who have come to church for, for years and years. I was just listening to a story this week of a, a revival that was happening. There was a man who had been in church all of his life, and he was an older gentleman, and gave his heart to the Lord just last week. He said, you know, I've been in church my whole life, and I've never given my life to the Lord. And, and it just, I thought I was a Christian. But I realized I'd never made that declaration, that proclamation before. So again, even attendance doesn't necessarily guarantee that. See, spirituality deals with where you get your diagnosis from and how you treat it. Because of a proper diagnosis of Ella's heart, because of a proper diagnosis of Miss B's, the cancer that she had in Jesus' name, it was able to be treated... And you find out this week, don't you? Or is it next week? Next week. She'll find out, you know, how that's going. But it keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So praise God for that. That's, that's very exciting. Um, so spirituality deals with where you get your diagnosis from and how you treat it. When we are caught in sin, we must be willing to call that trespass just what it is, sin. See, often I like to dress it up. I messed up. I fell short. I didn't do what I was supposed to do, or I did something that I shouldn't have. But the reality is, it's sin. So to be able to be treated properly, I need to say, you know what? I have this sin issue, and I need God to work in my life. Can you help me figure this out? So someone who is spiritual, who has the understanding of God's Word, can come to me and says, well, this is what, not my opinion, this is what the Bible says, and it's being treated because I'm willing to call it out for what it is. So... Have the right deliverer to assist you. Point number two, restore one another with gentleness. Let's look back at verse one again. You who are godly sh and uh, should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. So we're going to restore one another with gentleness. Restoring must be done gently. See, the church of Galatia, as we read through here, they were basically beating people up with the Bible. You know, people were coming and, pa, this is what... Pa, this is what the law says, this is what that says, this is what you are to do. There was no gentleness that was happening. The motive should be to help and not hurt the one being restored. Amen? We don't want to hurt people. If they're already down, you know, what do we want? We don't want to go over there and, here, take that. We'll just rub it in a little bit more and stomp on you and make you realize how 
horrible of a person that you are. The whole time they're saying, I know that I'm a horrible person. But then God says, no, actually they're not a horrible person. They're caught in sin. They need to be delivered. Let's do it with gentleness. Um, Galatians 5.13, so we're in Galatians 6. If you'll turn back one chapter to verse 13, it says this. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. How would you want to be treated in that moment? Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting, biting and devouring one another, watch out. Be aware or beware of destroying one another. See, Paul was very strong with his words. Beware of destroying one another. Restore, don't destroy. Point number three, when you are looking to restore others, also look out for yourself. We're going to see two warnings in here that Paul's going to give. The next one will come a little bit later, okay? But when you're looking to restore others, he says, look out for yourself because the tempter has an eye on you too. So I'm wanting to pull my brother out of the pit. What can happen? The tempter can pull me into the pit, the very same pit that I am trying to help my brother out of or my sister out of. Um. Galatians 6, 1, that last part, it says, And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So there's the warning from Scripture. We are talking to spiritual people. Can spiritual people fall into sin? Yes, absolutely. Any, any time, any time of the day. Because Satan wants to bring you down too. If he can take you out of the fight, that's one less person he has to fight with. So he's looking to, you know, well, they're trying to help so-and-so out. I can pull them in as, in as well. So there's, there's the warning on that. Point number four, bear each other's burdens. And we're going to hit bear each other's burdens at, here at the end as well with a little bit of clarification. But Galatians 6 uh, verse 2 says this, Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Do you want to know how to obey the law of Christ? Well, you love your brother, you love your sister, and um, you share one another's burdens. Now, a burden... We're not going to talk about sin here for a moment. A burden is different from a sin. As we were praying this morning, we said that people are going to be in different places of their life as you come in the door today. Uh, it was intentional that I talked about the winning of the race. Some people today are coming in because it has been a victorious week for them. But others are coming in because you've had devastating news. Others are coming in because you had a fight with your kids, you had a fight with your spouse, fight with your mom, your neighbor, you may be coming in, or maybe you fell into the temptation of that sin one more time this weekend, and you're like, Lord, how, how can I, who will save me from this wretched person that I am? But a burden, on the other hand, is different from a sin. A burden is a heavy weight brought on by life, and instead of judging, Paul is encouraging, let's help them out. Let's come alongside and let's be a burden bearer instead of judging. Here's how I want to uh, exemplify that. Be a spiritual spotter. Now, you know what a spotter does, and I'm not talking about racing, but when you're lifting weights. Now, back in my day, when I used to work out two years ago, <laughs> a long time ago, Darren never once judged me when we were bench pressing, at least not out loud. Now, he may have in his mind, 
But we would get to the point, I remember I was going for, um, it had been a work, don't laugh at me, it had been a while since I worked out, and I was going, I think it was for 225, you know, and you're like, 225, man, you're a wuss. But I was going for 225, and I remember I was about right here, I was laying on my back, and here's what Darren did as a burden bearer. He put his fingers under the bar and lifted. Now, how much weight was that taken off of me? Not a lot. But that was enough pressure from underneath to help me get that all the way up. That is what a burden bearer does. You don't come along and take the weight. Darren didn't take the, the bar and lift the whole thing himself, although he could probably curl 225 in one arm. He's a, I call him Mighty Mouse. He didn't do that. He didn't judge me, but he was my spiritual spotter who just put two fingers under the bar and gave a little bit nudge so that I could get stronger and stronger and stronger. Here's what we do. As burden bearers, we refuse to use the words, I'll be praying for you. Instead, we pray at that moment. That's being a burden bearer. Let me help you bear this burden. Not only that, maybe there's something we can actually do in that moment. Uh, help them push the car off the interstate or you know, whatever it is. Whatever it is that somebody needs help with. We actually get in and we do that. Uh, we pray right then. We help then. We assist then. Somebody spiritual comes alongside you're the one who comes alongside. Just like the Holy Spirit does that, He uses us. Life gets heavy for believers. You may get caught with the bar on your chest and you can't push it up. You may get stuck halfway, and that's as far as you can go, and it's about to come crashing down on your chest. But you have those who are around you, or you are the one who puts those two little fingers up there and just gives it a nudge, being a burden bearer alongside of the person who is struggling at that moment. Number five, the law of Christ is the law of love. Turn with me to 1 John 4 real quick. We'll go over there and keep your place in Galatians because we're going to come back to Galatians. But the law of Christ is the law of love. You know that John, he's known as the disciple who always wrote about love. He's, he, he took that um, teaching from Jesus and, and really took off with that. But 1 John 4, 11 and 12 says this, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. That's a powerful verse. His love is bought, brought to expression in us. We bear one another's burdens. We come alongside. We lift up out of the pit. And instead of judging and laughing and ha, 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 you can't get that much weight up. You can't lift this weight. You can't escape that sin. We're, we're there to help out. We have several of our teenagers with braces here at the church. Maybe you're getting ready to get braces, but I've seen them walking around. Some of them have just gotten them off recently. Uh, Nathan's got to go in this week and get his tightened, you know, all the things that happen. Um, here's the thing about braces. The, brace, the braces are there to straighten what is crooked. Make them straight, make them pretty. I always say Hannah has the, she has the prettiest smile. Just her teeth are so straight. And Doug's like, if you only knew how much it cost me to get it that way. But anyway, she has a pretty smile. The braces took that smile and, and took the crooked that was there and made them uh, straight again. Now, from what I hear, I've never had braces, but they are un inconvenient and uncomfortable. You can't eat the foods that you used to eat, all the gummy stuff and 
caramelly stuff that you like to eat, popcorn, right? You can't have all that. Hannah's still bitter about it, and her braces are off uh, at this point. But you can't, they're just uncomfortable. They're inconvenient. Just as they stop hurting, what happens? You go to the orthodontist, and they tighten them up again, and Nathan said, I'll be on a liquid diet again for another week. Eventually, his teeth will be straight. Here's us. You are brackets and wires in the world of believers. Now, that's the way to think of yourself, right? Sometimes you'll get mess all over you, but your purpose is to help one another. Your purpose is to call, help others to get straight in life, to straighten out the mess maybe that they're in through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So the law of Christ is the law of love. Sometimes love hurts. It does. Sometimes it does. Point number six. This is one of my favorite verses because it nails me right in between the eyes, Galatians 6, 3. Uh, but point number six, you are not too good to serve someone else. That's not my words. Matter of fact, Paul puts it a little stronger. Galatians 6, 3 and 4. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important. Okay, all of a sudden I was feeling pretty good about myself until I read that verse, right? You're not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I've seen it happen before, and you've seen it happen before, especially if you are on the I need to be pulled out of this pit thing where people are, maybe it's our own perception, but we think, man, they just think they're better than me. <laughs> they don't have any mess-ups in life. They haven't sinned. They don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe that's it. Here's what Tony Sevens, Evans says as he's interpreting this verse. You ain't all that. So what does that mean? I have a four-year bachelor's degree. Are you impressed? You shouldn't be. Well, maybe you should be. The Bible does say study to show yourself improved, uh, uh, approved a workman for God's um, work. But you know what? Here's the thing about my four-year bachelor's degree. I can serve people, and you can serve people and love people maybe better than I can. Right? So all of a sudden we start thinking how important. I'm the pastor of the church. And, and thank God that Abundant Life is a group of people who understand that you are about the work of God's business and don't rely on the pastor to do it. You know, Because again, I have to realize a four-year bachelor degree, being pastor of the church, having REV in front of my name, and wherever you are you know, in life, where, whatever you have accomplished and all those things. I, I put on here on my notes, whoop-dee-doo. Serve those who can do nothing for you in return and restore one another. See, my degrees, our degrees, our accomplishments, the things that we have attained in life, if we're not serving other people, what good is it? What good is it going to do for us, especially uh, as Jesus comes back? Now, those things are, again, that's great. That's wonderful. I commend everyone who has their, uh, you know, you, you, you've gotten gone through high school, you've gone through a trade, you've gone through college, whatever it is that you have done to get to where you are. Praise God for that and for you. But here's what we have to realize. Here's another quote. On our best day, we are sinners saved by grace. On our best day, we are sinners saved by grace. Now, yes, the Bible does say that we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's how God sees us. But we are also sinners who have been saved by grace. The people who have fallen, maybe believers, who have fallen and who are trapped in sin, they're a sinner that has been saved by grace. They just need a little help getting out of it. 
that hook has, got them, has been set on them. The leash, they keep pulling, and it's tighter, and it's tighter, and it's tighter. I want to close with one more word of caution. Some people will use you up. You may have been thinking about people as I've been, yeah, but you don't know my Aunt Fran. You don't know my nephew, Billy, whatever, whoever it may be. You don't understand this. Some people will use you up. Family will borrow money again. There are those who will take your time and all your energy. But look at verse 5. For we are all, or for we are each responsible for our own conduct. While we share the burden of others, we never take their load from them. I would not have gotten, at that time in my life I was stronger. <laughs> I would not have gotten stronger had Darren taken the full weight, the bar and the weight. Had he taken all that burden and I was just laying there like, wow, I just lifted 500 pounds. No, it's Darren holding it the whole time because Lord knows I couldn't even get close to that, right? I would not have gotten stronger. So while we share the burden of others, we never take their load. Here's what Paul is saying. Yes, others must show responsibility if they want help. That's in the Bible as well. See, often we hear teachings like this, and it's like, well, I've got to get so-and-so out of that situation. Well, when you're pulling someone up, they're exerting energy too. Paul is saying, you, you, you know, look at this type of situation. We are responsible for our own conduct. Bible says this. Now, we're talking here if people are able, but if a man won't work, don't let him eat. Yes, again, we're talking about specific, you know, there's certain things Stasha cannot do, okay? Right, because she can't see you. You would not want her counting money because she can't see it. You would not want her doing specific things, but if they are able. Also, it says, help the poor, don't help the irresponsible. Now, are we to love them and maybe, maybe give a, a little bit of assist from time to time? If that's what the Lord is saying, then yes, we are to. But I do want to focus in on that. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. So understand, when we're looking at people who need help, we're looking at those who are just, they're on the hook. It's not that they're being lazy, they're just on the hook. They're, they're, the, the leash is tightening because the light has not been shed on their situation. And we are to be enablers of God's word to them to help bear their burdens. See, church is about experiencing God together. We are to help one another. Amen? Let's stand this afternoon. Actually, it's not afternoon yet. Praise God for that. God wants us to help one another. This week, I want you to look for opportunities with someone who is struggling. It's like they're here and they, they can't get the weight lifted off of them. And you can come along and bear their burden. Not take their burden, but bear their burden. Help them to, as, they, as they get stronger and stronger. Today's message is restore one another. What are we restoring people? Restoring them to God. We have the opportunity and the privilege to be able to restore people to God. That's exciting. To restore, to pray for someone so that their health is restored and they can glorify God. To, to take someone and help them from the grip of sin that has them. And it may be a several week process for them to get past this particular thing because they'll go a little bit and all of a sudden it's like the leash tightens and they get pulled back. And what do we do? We, we help to, to take that collar 
and, and to take that off. And, and it may take a few occasions. Are we willing to do that? Hell can do some damage on people's lives. The forces of hell can do some serious damage on people's lives. But we have the power in Jesus' name by the Holy Spirit to restore them. Amen. That's, that's the message of hope that we have today. What the enemy, what hell intended for evil to destroy a person, God has intended for good. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to give them abundant life. We get to help our brothers and our sisters. What a privilege that is. Amen? Amen. That's an awesome word from God this morning, okay? That's an awesome word from God of encouragement and of hope. So let's help out our brothers and sisters. And to those who do not know Christ, same thing. We can go and say, look, I just want to point you in the way of the Lord. I want to point you in the way that has given me life. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I want us to just introspectively, just looking inside of ourselves this morning, I want you to look for those areas Maybe those people that you know that they need a spotter. They need someone to come along and just help bear the burden, to bear the weight that they are under. And make a commitment to the Lord that you're going to do what you can, whether it be through prayer, whether it be through um, physically helping them, that you're going to do that today. You're going you're to make a commitment. You, make a, you may make a phone call on your way to lunch or after lunch today. Or maybe you're the one who you feel like you are caught on the, on, on the line. The leash is, is uh, getting tighter and tighter and you're, you're pulling and you know you shouldn't. You know it's causing discomfort, but you need someone who is spiritual to come alongside to help you. And begin to look for those people. Lord, we recognize what you have called us to and that is to be restorers. We are made in the image of our creator. And God, you are all, from the very first time Adam and Eve sinned, you set in motion a way to restore them, to be powerful people in the kingdom of God. And Lord, just because we are down for the moment does not mean that we're out when it comes to your kingdom. We just need repentance, forgiveness, and Lord, to be encouraged. So help us to be encouragers and help us to be encouraged in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I want to ask you today, you may find yourself where this is, this is your life, in essence. You've never given Jesus your life. And what I mean by that is made a confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. Maybe you've been in church all of your life, just like the man I was talking about earlier, and you realize, you know what, I've never asked Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord, even though I've been in church. I want to give you that opportunity today. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want you to wave at me real quick so I know who I'm praying for, because I want to pray for you. Anybody at all? Anybody that I'm praying for today? All right, that means we're all believers in this house today. So we have an opportunity to restore someone. You know somebody who is caught. You know somebody who is trapped. So let's do our part. Amen? Amen. Well, Mr. Stowe is going to come. He is going to dismiss us today. Continue to pray for the ladies uh, as they are coming back. And, of course, uh, seniors, those who are 55 and older, if you want to sign up for next week's lunch, please do that. But uh, uh, I'll see you at the back. God bless you. We love you. Father God, your word says that it is in you we live and breathe and have our being. 
And Lord, as we receive that, may we in turn, as pastor is speaking to us today, may we find ourselves being more relational with those around us, those in our congregation, those that we meet every day, that we might share Jesus, that we might uh, give of ourselves and, and whatever we have that you've given to us, that we might restore, that we might bring back, that we might encourage, that we might set on the right path. And Lord, we're trusting you for that strength and that direction this week. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>